All right, well, welcome back. Um, this week we're actually going to be in John 17, and I'm doing a, a kind of a dual podcast here. So on on the one end, this over here is for the actual A Step Further podcast, but I want to do the same message for my own personal channel. And um, so that is, for if you're watching this video, then you're on New Start Ministries with Jason Vandermark. And um, that's that's what I wanted to do with that too. So that's why you see two microphones going on. Um, I want to make sure that we're just kind of getting it all together here, but we're going to be in John 17. <clears throat> so Sunday I preached on this, uh, um, idea that, uh, well, let me just back up. I, I want to say that, that what has really gotten me upset and, and I feel like it's, it's somewhat of a righteous anger in a way. Um, and that is that we have this we have this response to things going on in the world and the response that we have is it's this it's the same kind of response that the world has and yet Jesus called us to not be of the world even though we're in the world we're we're not called to be of the world and so when we are talking about um how we respond to things and and the like for example, I I really like to dive into YouTube sometimes. I like to watch teachings on YouTube. But when you when you start to watch teachings on YouTube and I mean we're talking like major you know, just different teachings about different things from the Bible and and things that are going on in today's society, things that are going on in modern times and how people view end time stuff and all that stuff. When you do that and you're on YouTube, you tend to get all of these, you know, suggest suggestion videos, um, videos that are suggested for you. And then some of them are good. Some of them you're going, why are all these people doing this? Why are all these people saying these things? Why are all these people going this route with with um, their responses? And a lot of it is like if you turn on Fox News or you turn on CNN or you turn on MSNBC or any of those it's all of these medias that are, they're all about exposing the opposite. So like CNN is all about exposing, you know, the right wing party, whereas Fox News is all about exposing the, the left wing. And then you've got um, MSNBC that does the same thing. And, and so it's all political there. But then you have mainstream media that also just exposes it's, it's all about exposing 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 because that's what the greatest news is is exposing 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 so what do christians do you get on youtube and you look and you go well we're exposing this in the christian music industry we're exposing this in the entertainment industry we're exposing this in and it's like you guys why are we responding the same way that the world responds we're not called to respond in those manners and so I had this other message planned about when God speaks and how he speaks, you know, talking about, you know, seeing numbers and dreams and visions and uh, signs and wonders and all these things that God uses people to speak to you. And I had all this and, and then I had a personal struggle for the past week and a half. I feel like I've had this sort of personal struggle about it. And it's like, OK, I need to go back into prayer with it. And I need to to really hear God's voice in it. And um, 
ironically. I need to hear God's voice in it and and get a better clarity, gain a better clarity of the actual message that I need to be preaching on when it comes to when God speaks. Um, <clears throat> because it's easy to lose faith in the things that you believe that you're hearing from God. And so to kind of get back to that, you know, to, to kind of get into that um, and to, I guess, basically navigate that in my, for myself before I give that message. So I have this, in the meantime, though, I'm having this righteous anger about all the things that are happening, like all these things that I'm seeing out of Christian people. And I'm going, this is not what Christianity is about. It is not about exposing people. It's not about, you know, revealing this the sins of people and then going and telling us how wrong they are and then masquerading around and, and sort of disguising it with saying, well, we really should pray for these people. And it's like, no, you put this video out here to expose people. And, and that's not right. Like, I understand that when there are things going wrong within, you know, Christianity, when there, when there are things that, that need to be talked about, I understand it, but but to do some exposing and to do to, to kind of go about things the way that we've gone about things is is sort of counterproductive in my mind because we're talking about um, we're talking about ways in which the world responds to things, and so what do we need to do? How do we respond as Christians? How do we respond as true believers in Jesus? Uh, the ways of the world, or all these things that are going on in the world today, and I need to tell you this. I mean, the first and foremost thing is that Second Timothy in chapter three tells us that the world's going to go down that that pattern. Second uh, Timothy three one through five, it's going to go down that pattern. Um, in fact, let me just get there real quick. That's not the book that I wanted to go to, but um, originally, by the way, we're going to be in John seventeen, but I won't take you to Second Timothy three, and it starts with verse one. And it says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, catch this, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. And I think that what's happening is we in the Christian realm, in the in the in our belief system, even in, in our family of God. Let me let me let me define it that way. In our family of God, what is supposed to be a family of believers within our family of believers, we have people who have this form of godliness. They call themselves Christian. They have a form of godliness, yet they deny its power. In other words, they deny the power of the Holy Spirit. And so here's what we do. We think, and, and, and I've heard this, um, and I'm not, if, if you believe this, I'm not calling you out on it. I'm not trying to expose you on it. Uh, but this is some things that I've heard from people is that nobody wants to hear the message of the gospel anymore. And you know what? In my flesh and in my mind and in my, you know, soul, I guess, I believe that that's true. There's just everything in me is like, it just seems hopeless that nobody wants to hear the gospel message anymore. But yet people are hungry for the gospel message. And that's the point that I think that we need to get out there is that we cannot deny the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot deny the power of the Spirit of God breathing life into people because the Bible says that He will breathe on those whom He wishes to breathe on. He will give His breath to those whom He wishes to breathe on. And so 
we cannot we cannot quench the spirit. The Bible says, "Do not quench the spirit." So we can't quench the spirit when we're talking about getting out there. When we're talking about presenting the gospel, we have. And if we are on this earth, we have every responsibility in this life to get ourselves out there, to get ourselves into uh, preaching the gospel. And I'm not just talking about. I'm not talking about at all. I'm not talking about Bible thumping. I'm talking about showing, revealing, acting in the love of Jesus, what that looks like. And so I want to dive deeper into that today because there's there's a few things and and again if you were if you were able to listen on Sunday and by the way I again I, I feel like I'm always apologizing but I do apologize for our live stream. Um, we are working so hard to figure out why it's lagging and jittering and, and all that stuff. And, um, so we're, we're getting there. And when we think we've got it, we don't have it. Um, and it's just, it's a thing, but we are trying. And by the way, if you're one of the people who have been helping and you're, you're a part of that and you're listening, I thank you so much for all of your hard work that you're putting into it. Um, I definitely appreciate that a lot. You're doing a great job and we'll, we'll get there. I know we'll get there. We'll get it figured out. Okay, so I want to go back to John 17 because that's where I was at on Sunday morning. And John 17, when you think, when you, if you remember the story of Jesus and the the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Like right before he's about to get arrested, he goes in and he tells a few of them that they need to stand watch. And so he's going to go pray and they're to go over here and they're to stand watch and, you know, kind of be on guard. And so what happens is, this is, I'm just having this revelation as I'm talking, and let me let me get to that in just a second. But so Jesus goes away, he prays, and he comes back, and he finds him sleeping, and he wakes him up. He's like, "What the heck? You know, I asked you to stand guard. You couldn't even stay awake for an hour." He goes back, prays, comes back once again. They're asleep. The revelation that I'm having in the moment is just like the Garden of Eden, like. It's it's kind of like Adam and Eve kind of go into this. They fall asleep to the truth in a way, and um, it's interesting that when when Adam fails, the reason that sin enters into the into the garden into the world is because Adam failed to guard the garden and tend to it just the way that that uh, God had commanded him to. And so these disciples were called to stand watch, to guard, and to be on guard in the garden. And they failed. They fell asleep. And that's what we do as Christians. You can't you can't look back and go, what the heck were these disciples thinking? Jesus asked them not to fall asleep. Why did they fall asleep? Well, they were dead tired. Uh, and I think that we probably would have done the same thing, unfortunately. As much as we would love to think that you know, we would be there for Jesus in his time of need, I think that we, as believers, we fall asleep all the time. It's why 2 Timothy 3 is such a big thing. They have a form of godliness, yet they deny its power. So John 17, uh, Jesus is actually, you get to see what Jesus was praying to the Father. And and so this is the prayer that's recorded in John 17. I'm not going to go through all of it. Um, there are some highlights that I want to do because there are some things that I want to pull out of it and show you kind of like, I want to show you the objective, I want to show you the process, and I want to show you the end result. So... Um, it says, Jesus spoke these things, lifting his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may be the Son may glorify you, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all whom have you have given him, he may give eternal life. Now, here's the objective, verse 3. 
It says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now, I've noticed that Jesus, like he's, this is Jesus praying, and yet he speaks in the third person, kind of. He's, he's like, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So there's that third person. Well, why is he saying that? Because in the original Hebrew, in the original language, Jesus is praying and he says that they, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus, which is Yeshua, which means salvation. That name alone means salvation. So what he's saying is, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and your salvation, which you have sent, whom you have sent. And Jesus is the embodiment of that salvation. That If you would believe in him, you would have that salvation. And that is a huge, like, if you're trying to figure out what the heck am I being saved from? What is this salvation? That is a huge deal, like, to understand. Because there are really good people out there, yet the Bible says that they need saved, that they need to believe in Jesus. Why do they need to believe in Jesus if they're good people? Like, why do they need to believe in Jesus if they're not doing evil things? And there's a whole reason behind that. Something I want to get to on probably this Sunday. So, Maybe that can be a shameless plug for you to tune in this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. At, on Ayersville Community Church. But there is a reason, and it says, this is eternal life, that they may know you. This is the goal, relationship with God, and that relationship comes through the salvation, the Jesus, the Yeshua, whom you have sent. He says, I glorify you on earth, verse 4, I glorify you on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. So Jesus is saying, here's another way that you can see that Jesus always has been. Uh, He's always been around. Verse 6, I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now, they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them. And they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believe that you sent me. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. Okay, here's the process. He says, I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. He says, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves." I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world. Key, that's key. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, okay, but to keep them from the evil one. So I'm going to stop there for a second. He says, they're not of the world. So they're not, they're no longer born of the world. He's saying, if you believe in me, you're not, you are no longer, uh, you are no longer this nature over here, that you are a new creation. And he says, so you are no longer of the world. I've taken you out of the world in that regard, but I've kept you in the world so that you can reveal 
the the glory of the Lord. You can reveal the true gospel. You can reveal the love. He says, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. And then he says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So that's the end result, is that we may be sanctified in truth. Now that comes in a a daily sacrifice. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us that we need to offer ourselves daily as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. And he says, this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, here's the deal. The only way to be transformed by the renewing of your mind is to submit yourself and to surrender to the Lord. I don't care if you do good in this world. If you're not surrendered to the Lord, then you're not, you don't have the ability to renew your mind in the ways that the Lord is calling us to renew our mind. And so I have always said this from the start. You cannot legislate the heart. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do or what you say. You cannot legislate the heart. If there's something in your heart that that is of this world, then you are going to follow the patterns of this world. And you might think that those patterns are good. Uh, some people might say that those patterns are evil. But the point is this. If your heart is over here of the world then it's not of God. It's not been taken out of the world in the way that the, what God is saying. Like I, I, They're no longer of this world, so I've taken them out in that regard. They're no longer of this world, yet I'm leaving them in this world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world in the physical sense, like that they die or whatever. But uh, spiritually, they've already been taken out. They are no longer of this world. They are a new creation. They are a new creature. Uh, and they have a new heart, and I, they, Romans again. If you sacrifice yourself daily to the Lord, in other words, if you're surrendering, if you're saying, you know what, I want to follow the ways of the Lord because the ways of the Lord are good, then I will be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Now, if I don't have the love of the Lord, then it's hard for me to say I want to surrender to the Lord, right? So here we are, we're Christians, and we're out here, and we are doing the things responding in the ways of the world. And we're not called to respond in the ways of the world because we're not called to be of the world. We've been taken out in that regard, but we're called to still remain in the world as far as our physical presence. Why are we called to remain in the world as far as our physical presence if we can't operate in the ways of the world? It's because we need to spread the gospel, the true love of Jesus, and we need to show the love of Jesus. The Bible says that we love because God first loved us. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know um, if you've ever begin to give your love to somebody. Uh, if you if you backtrack it enough, it's probably because somebody loved you first. Somebody instilled that love within you. So, in other words, your cup has to be full in order for you to empty it out, right? Uh, you can't just empty what you don't have. Uh, so somebody has had to have over time. Maybe your parents did. You know, maybe they they filled your cup with love as you were growing up, and so now as an as an adult, you're able to go out and you're able to love. You're able to give love the way that you have received love from somebody else, right? So the Bible says God loved us first, and we're called to give that love and to empty that love out to other people, to pour out that love on other people. That's what we are called to do. God loved us first, so we must love. And he said, and through that, 
you guys, it's, it's being we're we're going to be sanctified in truth by the renewing of our mind, sanctified in truth. And he says, "Your word, your word is truth." As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. So we've been taken out of the world and in a spiritual context, and he says, "Now I'm going to send them in the world so that they may go out." Acts one, Acts chapter one verse eight says, "But you will receive power when my Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses." That's the power and the authority that we have. We talked about this last week. That's the power and the authority that we have to go out into the world and to be the witnesses of Jesus. That's what this is all about, to reveal a good, solid relationship with God. Not to go out there and tell everybody how wrong they are in their sin. How? Because guess what? When you sin, you're just as wrong. And when you sin, you're actually equally just as guilty as somebody who is a sinner. The only reason that you don't have to pay the penalty is because you have the blood of Jesus. There is nothing that you have done yourself. And so we shouldn't expect that we could go out into the world and say, you are wrong. You're just wrong. You know, and expect them to listen. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to go out and to care for one another, to minister to one another, to minister to the world, to be witnesses of Jesus. When when Jesus met up with the sinners of this world, he didn't go out there and just say, man, you are so wrong. Uh, you're, you're just, you're stupid and, and dumb and crazy for doing what you're doing and so on and so forth. No, he didn't do that. Uh, in fact, Jesus never had anything to say about the government. He never had anything to say about um, taxation, uh, the the oppression that the government have put on the people which the Jewish people were kind of hoping that he would. Like, here's this guy. He's supposed to be our Messiah. He's supposed to liberate us from Rome, who has these heavy taxations, who has this you know, hard hand on the people, and he's supposed to deliver us from this. Well, no. They missed the point. Uh, and it goes all the way back to them being exiled in the very beginning. And so you put this as one story, and I've always said this, um, the, the Bible is one story. It's not two separate stories. It's not an Old Testament and a New Testament. It's, it's one whole complete story. And so when you put it all together, Jesus, really, he came because when they, way back, they entered into an exile because of God's judgment on them. They were, they were incorporating all kinds of false idols. They were worshiping all types of different things that weren't of God. They were bringing in outside practices that weren't of God. And God allowed them to continue in that until a point of judgment where they had to be exiled out. And when they were exiled out, then the restoration comes through Jesus. It's like, I am restoring your exile from God, not from the land. You guys are all about coming back into the land, and that's fine because there's a promise to that. But but the the bigger promise is not to come back into the land, but it's to come back into a relationship with the Father. It's to come back into a relationship with God. That's what he's wanted from the beginning. So how are we going to do that? That's through Jesus. So Jesus never went out and said to the government, to the people who were lost, he never came down on them and, and, and came. In fact, he came down on the people who claimed to be saved. He came down on the, the religious, the people who claimed to have been righteous. Those are the people he came down on. But he didn't go out into the world and do that. So what makes us think that we have the authority to go out into the world and do those things that that even Jesus didn't do? Yet we are called to be witnesses to Christ. 
we're called to go out there. He says, so as you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself that they themselves may be sanctified in truth. He says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. That's the goal. That's the goal. So today, when we're out there and we're standing on our soapboxes, why are we standing on our soapboxes and going entering into these battles that we're not meant to enter into? Like we're fighting symptoms instead of fighting the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is brokenness. This world is so broken. And I don't, you don't have to be a believer to see that. You can look around and go, people are broken, they're hurting. You are probably one of them right now who are, you're sitting there listening and you're going, I'm broken. I have been broken, you know, or bad things have happened to me. And so if I'm not healing appropriately or if I'm not moving forward and growing from that hurt, then I'm operating and responding in that hurt in some way, shape or form. You might not feel hurt in the moment, but you've been hurt. And if you haven't appropriately healed from that, then you're going to operate in that hurt. It's like kind of like in a relationship hurt. Then the next relationship that comes along, you're going to be guarded and you're going to operate because you know you've been hurt in the past. And so I'm not going to let that happen to me again, right? Uh, I feel that way sometimes too with friendships and, and relationships and things like that. You know, you just go, I don't, I don't want to enter, put myself into that position again where I'm going to be hurt and broken again. It's a natural response. But if you're not healing from that hurt, then you won't ever appropriately put yourself out there, in the, and appropriately, by the way, um, in the ways that you should. You're not going to be able to put yourself out there. You're always going to respond in that past hurt, and you're always going to respond in that because you haven't healed appropriately. Well, look around. That's the whole world. We're broken from something. Something has happened to all of us at some point in time. This whole world... We're filled with brokenness. We're filled with, and, and and listen, we've listened to the wrong people. A lot of the times we've listened to the wrong people who claim to have come into our lives and, and who we think are good people. They have given us false, wrong information. And because of that, we operate false, uh, we operate in a false manner, uh, uh, something outside of the truth. We operate in something outside of the truth. We operate in deceit, in deception, because we've been deceived and that is where we're at today. You guys, the symptoms of this world, all of the things that we claim to hate, all of the things that we stand on our soapboxes and fight against, those are symptoms of a deeper problem, and that's brokenness. Well, how are you going to heal that brokenness? And you can only heal that brokenness through love. Well, where are we going to find that love? Again, the Bible says that God loved us first. We love because he first loved us. So we're called to present that love. And even if we think that people don't want to hear it, we're they're gonna have we're gonna have to put it out there. They're gonna have to see it from us. They're gonna have to we're gonna have to reveal and be witnesses to Jesus because that's what he's called us to do. It's the authority he's given us. The Bible says that we are not fighting flesh and blood, but we're fighting spiritual principalities. Those are the things that we're fighting as a spiritual warfare. And if you're not in tune with that, then you got another thing coming because you it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's you're not going to win. You're never going to win. If you're always fighting this battle over here that is not the root of the problem, you're never going to win. You're only going to band-aid the symptoms. 
Uh, one of the things I brought up on Sunday was the idea that, you know, we have this, it, like migraines. I don't know if you have if you get migraines. Sometimes I get really bad headaches. Some A lot of the times they're sinus headaches, but sometimes they're migraines, I feel like. And typically, now, for women, I I understand this. I I, I understand that sometimes migraines can come out of, you know, something hormonal. Um, I get that. And in fact, I had some people after church on Sunday say, that's a really good thing about migraines that you said. Uh, mine were more hormonal based. So it couldn't, that wasn't for me. Absolutely. I get that. But for a lot of people, migraines, and then they throw up. I don't know if you've ever had a migraine and then you went to throw up and then sooner than later, your migraine kind of goes away, right? There's a reason for that. And part of that is, and and, and physicians probably will tell you that uh, there's a link between the head and the stomach. And so when you, if you have a lot of acid buildup in your stomach, you know, and, and you start to get a headache, it's probably because you have that acid buildup. And then when you throw up, when you vomit, uh, that migraine that you had gotten kind of tends to dissipate after a bit. The reason is the acid buildup because your head and your gut are connected. So the root of the problem is the acid buildup in your stomach. I had somebody uh, after church on Sunday come up to me and say, you know what? I used to get migraines and I used to have heartburn really bad. And I've noticed since you said that, I noticed that ever since I went on heartburn medicine to fix the acid, Ever since I went on heartburn medicine, I haven't had the migraines. So ever since I've taken care of the acid part in my stomach, I haven't had the migraines. 100%. Because when you're when you're after fixing the problem, the root of the problem, then you don't have to worry about the symptoms. And that's why we're always we're always fighting the symptoms when we really need to be fighting the root of the problem. And in that this analogy, the root of the problem is spiritual because we are fighting the Bible says we are not fighting flesh and blood. We are fighting spiritual principalities. There, everything starts in the spirit, and it manifests in the physical. So if the, if the problem is in the spiritual, then we need to start getting into the spiritual battle. We need to start having the weaponry for the spiritual battle. We need to stop bringing a knife to a gunfight. Amen? That's what we're called to do. So that's the big thing. That's the answer to all of this, is that we need to start fighting a spiritual battle. And the way to fight this spiritual battle, there's one thing that Satan cannot give. Um, and, and please hear this out. There is one thing that evil cannot give, and that is love. So if you're going to fight anything whatsoever, you're going to fight, you have to fight it with love. And you have to fight it with true love. That's God's love. When you do that, when you start to fight things with love, I mean, even the Bible says you you heaps of burning. What is it? The the heaps of coal on a person's head. The burning coal on a, on a person's head. When you fight the when you fight the evil with love. When you when you begin to fight that. When you begin to start to to enter into the spiritual battle. And your weapon is salvation. Your weapon is peace. Your weapon is the fruits of the spirit. You know, love, peace, patience, kindness, all that. When you start to bring the right weapons to the right battle, you're going to win the war. And that, and listen, understand this, you are in a spiritual war that only God can 
can win at. So to be on God's side and to do the things that he's called us to do, to walk in the power and the authority that he's given us and not walk outside of that, that is how you win the war. Uh, So you win it under the glory of the Father. So you don't get the glory. We don't have anything to boast about, but it is the Father. It's it's him that that gets the glory. But the whole goal is, if you don't hear anything else, the whole goal is to still present the gospel. We have that until our dying day to present the gospel, whether we think people will understand it, whether we think people will hear it or not. We are called to go out and do that, and we're called to plant the seeds, and they are seeds of love. And when we do that, the, the Bible says, my word, God speaking, my word will not return void. And we can count on that. We can believe in that. We can trust in that. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should change his mind or repent. So when we have that mindset, then we we are going out. We are operating in love. We are operating in being a witness to Jesus. That is it. And he says, I do not ask uh, that you take them out of the world. I have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves may be sanctified in truth. Now imagine, if the, if the good farmer, there's a parable out there where the good farmer plants you know, his seeds and the, the garden grows, right? But then they come to realize that the enemy somewhere along the way in the night came and planted weeds, seeds that were weeds. And the weeds grew up with the harvest. Well, if the enemy can do that, what makes you think that we can't? What makes you think that we can't plant good seeds that can eventually spread and become and grow like wildfire? What makes you think that we can't? If the enemy can, why can't we? And so we need to be out there and we need to continue to do that. And anytime, if the enemy has discouraged you to the point of saying, well, I am done spreading the gospel because ain't nobody going to hear it, ain't nobody going to, then, then you have let the enemy talk you down. And that is not of God. Because God has called you to walk in, in that authority and in that power to go out and to be witnesses. And that is your that is your responsibility. That is your calling in life. Whatever avenue that looks like, that is your calling in life, is to go out and to be a witness. And to love. What more could you want to do than to go out and to love? What more could you want to do? What more? Ask anybody in this world what they want most. I mean, in some way, shape, or form, it's going to be love because they need love. Now, their definition of love might be a little different because they don't understand or they don't know, uh, but the goal is that we go out and we love. And if we can learn unconditional love uh, in the midst of this kind of world that we live in today, if we can understand that unconditional love, then uh, and loving unconditionally, then I think that that love is greater than any love that you could ever have is, is an unconditional love that no matter what happens, you still love to the point that Jesus goes to the cross and he says, forgive them father, for they know not what they do. These people who are flogging me, these people who have beaten me, these people who are yelling, crucify him, these people who are nailing me to the cross, forgive them father, for they know not what they do. Wow. What an unconditional love. What an unconditional love that we could give to. Uh, I pray that this message has helped you in some way, shape, or form. I, I know that I'm, I seem very passionate about it. I am very passionate about it because I'm, I'm, I kind of have this righteous anger against 
And I'm calling it righteous anger because I'm not going to let it get the best of me, but I am going to channel it to, to give a message of hope, to say that if we would go out into the world and if we would do what we're called to do, that we might make changes in this world. We might be able to help heal all brokenness that's out there in this world, that they might respond to things a little bit better than the way that they've responded to things. And if we could get that going Wow, imagine the changes that we can make in this world. I hope that you have not looked at this and gone, oh man, it's just hopeless. Just let Jesus come back and, and uh, you know, take us away from this. No, there are people out there who are hurting. And I hope that you will until, you're, until God calls you home out of this world physically. Until it's your time, I pray that you will always see a need to spread the gospel and, this, and to spread that love of Jesus. That's my goal. Listen, I hope to see you on a Sunday morning. Um, 9.30 at Ayersville Community Church. Um, also, you know, if you can't make it, again, we're doing our best to get the, the live stream stuff going and going at, a, at better than what it has been. Um, so keep keep checking in on that, 9.30. Um, check back in with a, a step further. I hope you've subscribed to this podcast. Uh, if you're watching the video that I'm doing also that coincides with the New Start ministry, um, Hope that you've liked or subscribed to this channel. Share the video if you want. Comment, I, you know, however you want to do it. Even if you don't agree with me, comment. I would love to hear from you. Um, but if you enjoy what you're hearing, or if you want to support this ministry in some way, shape, or form, um, if you're not watching the video, you can go over and watch the video at New Start Ministries at Jason Vandermark. Um, like and subscribe. That helps me out a lot. Um, comment, just things to get the video out there. I would love to hear from you, uh, whatever that looks like. In any of those avenues, I would love to hear from you. I hope you have a good rest of your week, and I hope it's blessed, and I hope that you receive the peace of the Lord, the complete, everything that you need to make a go of this week, everything, all the provisions that you need. I pray that God blesses you abundantly in your life, and that you would know that He is God, and that Jesus is Lord. I love you, and I hope to see you soon.